Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Take the Candy podcast. It's episode 38 and you're listening to your guy, John Anthony, recording episode 38 live from meeting room two at the Sealback Hotel in downtown Louisville. You know your boys in town for the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to be quick with you this week. I actually have two NBA playoff picks that didn't fall within the, the premium package. I'm going to give you quick And then I'm going to give you my rundown on the Kentucky Derby. It's a 20-horse field. I'm going to give you some of my, um, some of the horses I like. And I'm also going to give you some horses. They're saying uh, heavy rain coming through here. Um, As I record this, it's Wednesday. We saw a ton of rain uh, here yesterday in in Louisville and at Churchill for the, uh, the practice run with the horses out there. So getting used to the slop over there at Churchill. Uh, They're predicting heavy rains coming in uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, Friday, obviously, is the Oaks. It's a big weekend uh, for horse racing generally. Need to kind of get over uh, the DQ and get back to regular racing. Uh, A lot of great horses in this event. Obviously, the Derby, you got three-year-old horses. A lot of them don't have a lot of racing under their belt, so it should make for an interesting day. And then, of course, Mother Nature with the threat to kind of twist it all up in the slop. So we'll get to that. But first, real quick, uh, I'm going to give you two NBA picks for the playoffs. You guys with the premium packages, don't fret. These don't fall within the system. You're getting... Uh, other games. So it just kind of worked out this week that I could actually give the folks not signed up for the premium, uh, also known as not on the team, uh, these picks. So everybody lucks out this week. Everybody gets the best of both worlds. So without further ado, we got a lot to do out here. Want to get back to the derby party in bed. All right. So DJ, run that music, baby. Heading to Milwaukee, we got Celtics-Bucks game three. Folks, this is a Saturday game. This is a Saturday game. Uh, I capped it myself, but early early lines are out too. They match a cap. So the spread right now is the Bucks minus three. This is probably going to teeter-totter back between two and a half and three and a half. We're going to call it minus three right now. Bucks minus three at home here in game three. Series tied at one. This is uh, Eastern Conference semi. Look, the Celtics are great in game two. They they shot the lights out of the ball and were able to even up the series now heading to Milwaukee. Boston has done a great job defensively throughout this playoff run. And Antetokounmpo was really limited by their defense in game two. We're going to see if going back to Milwaukee is going to help him get out of this, this little slump that he finds himself in. But I'll tell you this. I don't think I've ever been more confident about a team after a loss than I am about Milwaukee. They dominated game one because of their defense in the paint and forcing the Celtics to shoot threes all game long. Look, the Celtics shot really well in game two. That's an aberration. That's not going to happen often. Game two was really defined by that offensive output by the Celtics in the first half, 65% from three, and Jalen Brown went for a total of 25 on the game. There's really nothing you could do as a team if if your opponent is shooting 65% from the from three, especially. That's just the way it's going to be. 
in the second half of that game, the Celtics shot 30% from three. So it was really that first half explosion that able that enabled the Celtics to create the separation in order to roll to the win. Their offense, the Celtics offense, in three of the four halves this series, so obviously two halves in each game, two games, so four halves. Three of the four halves, they've been unable to make shots. That's a reality. That's really the reality. And if you're uh, if you're going to have action on this game, it's probably not the best bet to bet against Antetokounmpo after a loss and bet on the Celtics to shoot lights out from three again because it ain't going to happen. I think three is very small. I think this is a overreaction to have the Celtics played in game two. Milwaukee's going home. Give me the bucks. I'll lay the three. Warriors, Grizzlies. This game is Saturday night, folks. Also Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Series tied 1-1. Western Conference semi. So I capped this game and came up with Golden State minus 5.5. The early opening line is Golden State minus 6.5. So we're going to use that number. Um, But my cap is going to play a role into which way I'm going to lean here on the pick. So again... The spread here is going to be Warriors, minus six and a half. This is going to be a great series. It already has been. Uh, Series even 1-1. Morant went for 47 in game two to get the Grizzlies a W, which they so desperately needed. Had they not gotten that win in game two, this could have been a very quick series. The Warriors, huge injury in game two. Gary Payton, the second. I think they're reporting it's a fractured elbow. He's going to be out at least a month. So Peyton's out. He's likely done for the whole playoff run. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, very, very slow start to the series. Really need to get going if the Warriors want a shot at winning this series. Here's the reality. The Warriors are going to win this series. But it is not going to be as easy without Peyton. The way he can defend... And the integral role that he plays in that offense. The Warriors, let me give you a stat here. The Warriors are plus almost 10 points. So plus 9.7 points per 100 possessions when Peyton's on the floor. He's not a Curry. He's not a Thompson. But he knows how to fit his role. And they've already shown that they're going to have a hard time filling that role as you saw in game two. So the question for Kerr is... Where, who do you go to here? I know in game two they went to Damian Lee, but I think when they watch the film of Lee and they're evaluating the talent that they have on that bench, I can see Kerr going to a Moses Moody or even Juan Toscano Anderson to kind of split some time to try and slow down John Morant. I mean, this guy's averaging 40 points a game. You, you can't do that. You just can't do that. Now, Golden State has got off to slow starts in each game this series, and they haven't really been able to blow out the Grizzlies, get ahead by a lot of points, and set the pace. So even though they're coming home, six and a half just feels like a ton. It just feels like a ton to me. So the pick here is going to be take the candy with Memphis. Now, just watch how this spread moves. Like I said, I have it capped at five and a half. Usually, if I cap a game, and it comes a point or more differential, 
I tend to go, you know, whichever way that leads me. So in this case, I came at five and a half, uh, Vegas coming out at six and a half. So I tend to go with obviously Memphis here because I got Memphis losing by, by five and a half. Vegas got them losing by six and a half. So I'll take that one point. Take the candy here. It's the Memphis Grizzlies in game three. I'm not saying they're going to win, but take that candy. It's Memphis plus six and a half. All right, here we go. The time you've been waiting for. It's the Kentucky Derby preview. I'm not going to go through the whole field. There's 20 horses in this race. Obviously, the race is Saturday. Uh, post time right now scheduled for 6.57 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. 20 horses in the field. We might have some weather coming in, as I told you, in the open. So I'm going to address that a little bit uh, towards the end here of the analysis. I'm going to give you some horses that, that I like in this race. Um, you know, that could add some value. Obviously, the, the favorite before they, they went to um, confirming post positions was Epicenter. After the post, uh, Epicenter drew the three post. And if you're not an avid uh, horse race person, then you might not know that at the Derby, the three post hasn't won in a long time. In a long, long time. So the, after the post positions were announced, the odds actually changed where Epicenter is now the, the second favorite in the race, but he's still at a short number. If you've never wagered on um, horse racing, if you look at a field, it'll give you odds, usually uh, 10 to 1, 20 to 1. Those are odds for that horse to win the race outright. So he's just got to win the damn thing and you'll win 20 to 1 or 10 to 1, whatever the designation is. This is going to be an interesting race. Right now, the favorite is, is Zandon, who became the favorite after Epicenter uh, drew the three post. Going to be an interesting, um, going to be an interesting race. It's a mile and a quarter. Like I said at the open, these are three-year-old horses. They're not mature enough to run with the older competition. They may not have run uh, a mile and a quarter before, which makes this one interesting. We saw in 2019, when you talk about uh, long shots, we saw Country House 65 to 1, and he finished it first. So a lot of guys making money um, that year. And if you recall in 2019, as I kind of alluded to in the open, he got the win uh, after maximum security was disqualified for interference. So there's a lot of things that, that are in play here. Look, Epicenter, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you kind of the uh, five main horses that I like in this race or that you may see a lot of. Uh, Epicenter, like I said, was uh, probably best in class in this. He drew the three posts, so he lost the overall favorite. But he's got four wins in his last, last five races, including, including just absolutely smoking two other horses that are in this field, Zozos and Pioneer of Medina in the Louisiana Derby at the end of March, smoking. And if you don't believe me, go watch the tape. Uh, the winner of that race of the Louisiana Derby has gone on to have great success in the Kentucky Derby. And I'll say this, Epicenter, if, if you follow horse racing, um, you know, vehemently, you'll know that Epicenter's got the most points by wide margin in the preparation standings. So that, that's, a, that's a big deal. 
The Kentucky Derby for these three-year-olds is a test of endurance. No horse in the field has ever run this distance and training doesn't really help them get ready for the mile and a quarter. So they're really gonna need to have that extra kick. Another horse, so, so that's epicenter. Another horse, uh, a colt that I like in this race is Mo Denagle. Going off right now is 10 to 1. Mo Denagle, this is good value, folks. This is good value. He has the running style to be successful at this distance. But here's, here's where he has to be careful. Getting bogged down at the gate. Now, that is a possibility with 20 horses that are looking to get to the front. Now, Modenego coming off a win at the Wood Memorial, and he showed in that race he's one of the top closers in the field. He's a top closer in the field. Now, this field for the Derby is very top-heavy. About top six favorites emerging. Uh, you know, other horses that are going to mix in. This horse, Messier, good combination of speed and stamina, good experience. Uh, he was tracked down, though, by... by Taba in the G1 Santa Anita Derby. Taba also in this field. Now, as far as Taba is concerned, there's no question. Great talent with this horse. He impressively won the Santa Anita Derby, and that was after uh, breaking the maiden sprint. But that's as far that's as far as you'll find with experience on this horse. It's been over 100 years since a horse won the Derby in just his third start, and that's what Taba is dealing with in this. Uh, that's what Taba is dealing with in this race. So that's important. Now, if you want outside the top six kind of favorites numbers wise there's a couple horses that you could consider as a long shot one of them is this horse charge it he's he's the son of Tappet, has progressed quickly with the lack of experience that that that's really his biggest drawback is the lack of experience just three races on his resume and most recently, a runner-up at the Grade 1 Florida Derby, where he was the favorite. He was best in field, and he couldn't come over with the win. He has continued to improve, and that run last month should help him realize that he's a great horse. That he's a great horse. So, just look out for that. I don't like picking the favorite. I'm going to give you my top three horses in this one. I'm going to give you my top three horses. You can play them any way you want. You can ignore them and play your own horses. It's all a crapshoot at the end of the day, as they say. Um, my favorite horse in this one is Mo Denego. It really is. I think Epicenter is going to finish in the money. It's just a great horse. Checks all the boxes. And I like Taiba to come in and touch the money. Those are my top three. Mo Denego, Epicenter, and Taiba. Uh, you know, I will uh, update this on Saturday. So if you're if you're interested in horse racing, I will update this on Saturday, early Saturday morning, try and give you what the weather's looking like and what the experts out here are saying. I spoke to one guy uh, in the lobby who has ties to uh, to uh, to weather, and what he told me is that it's all about how this storm's going to move uh, through the Ohio Valley. What he's looking at right now is Thursday, Friday, a soaking rain here in Louisville. And then Saturday, depending on how fast the storm moves, there could be some showers till about midday. So you may get clearance at night, but that's that track is going to be a slop fest. It's going to be a slop fest. And if you're interested in what the track is made of, it's not just dirt. There's clay, sand, and silt in there. It's a little hardier. Uh, but folks that I spoke to down here said, look, it, it acts like dirt. It acts like dirt. It's a little hardier, but it acts like dirt. If we get a ton of rain, um, we, we're going to have slop. We're going to have off track. And, and, and side note to that, some of these horses have never run. Um, I spoke to a fellow uh, in the lobby this morning, and he told me 13 of the 20 horses have actually never run on sloppy tracks. 
uh, which I found actually very interesting. You got to realize when you're a three-year-old horse, you don't have a lot of racing under your belt, especially if you if you know you're going to the Derby. That impacts uh, how many races you're going to run that year because they're trying to keep these horses fresh. So with that being said, assuming there is an off track, assuming it is uh, sloppy, I'm going to give you some horses that I think could do well in the rain. That first horse is a name that you've already heard me say in this podcast, and that's Epicenter. Look, the horse checks all the boxes, and I'm not just picking him um, because he's a great horse. He's also a horse that could be successful in the slop. And that's a, that's a, big, that's a big deal. Um, he's a points leader. He's not going to be slowed down by a wet track. He's already won on a wet track, rated as good at Churchill Downs in November on a wet track. His sire, not this time, also won on a muddy track at Churchill. Another factor for slop, especially with horses that grade well and that are picked at the top of the odds, they usually get off to to better starts. And if they do that in the slop, they're not getting mud and dirt kicked in their face, which makes for a better trip. That's why sometimes if you really don't like a horse in the slop, just go with one of the favorites because you're going to bank on their skills, getting them out to a good start, their jock doing a good job, getting them to the front and not getting the, the mud kicked in their face, which is a big deal. Another horse, Zandon. Look, he's considered a closer. Chad Brown uh, training this one, won the bluegrass grass stakes on a, on a track that uh, was a little wet, rallied from the back of the pack to win that race. He was last of 11 horses after three quarters of a mile, came back to win. Another horse uh, that I like, now I'm going to give you some longer shots. Uh, smile happy. Kenny McPeak uh, on, is the trainer, second in the bluegrass stakes, obviously behind Zandon. His sire, run happy, son of super saver, who won the Kentucky Derby sloppy track 2010. Another one, Classic Causeway, 11th in his last start on a fast track in the Florida Derby, but won the Tampa Bay Derby on a track rated as good, so good meaning it was kind of wet, there was rain uh, that day, not sloppy, but not great. Posted his best career speed rating in the Tampa Bay Derby on that track that was a little wet, but my favorite uh, horse, if you're getting a sloppy track on Saturday, uh, long shot, good value, 30 to one, Barber Road. If there's heavy rain before the race on Saturday, Make sure this name falls in your ticket. If you're playing exotics, make sure it falls in your ticket somewhere. He has the best finish of any horse in the field on a sloppy track. A second place finish in the Smarty Jones at Oaklawn Park in January. Like I said, a lot of the field is not even run on slop. So it sets up for a great weekend. We'll keep you posted here from Louisville. I'll try and do a quick update Saturday morning. I, I, I know it's not the usual Thursday, but I'll try and give you Saturday morning what we got with weather. Um... So that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun time. Like I said, uh, spoke to locals out here. Uh, spoke to one gentleman uh, involved with a uh, uh, news station here, involved with the weather the weather nonsense that goes on, telling us we're gonna get a good soaking Thursday, Friday, and we should get some showers on Saturday. Could lead for a sloppy track. So we'll try and get on. We'll try and get on here Saturday morning. Give you a little bonus clip. Uh, from Louisville to, to give you what we're, we're looking at for that day, how the track is looking. We'll try and do it, if I can, uh, from Churchill. And, and 
and I'll tell you what it looks like live when we're looking at it. So that's what we got. You got two NBA picks. You got the Kentucky Derby, 657 Eastern Post on Saturday. You got two NBA games Saturday and the Derby Saturday. You got a little advance notice this week. It's a beautiful thing how everything falls into place. Gear up for the 148th, I think, running of the Kentucky Derby. If I'm wrong, sue me. But I think that's what it is. 148th running of the Kentucky Derby, Saturday. As always, humbled that you show up to listen. Good luck if you're taking action on the ponies. It's racing season, baby. And you've been chilling with your boy, J.A.